The Brooklyn Vegan Show is a podcast about music brought to you by the music blog and online record store Brooklyn Vegan. Make sure to subscribe to hear all of our upcoming episodes featuring interviews with musicians and more, and find us 24-7 at brooklynvegan.com, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Hey, welcome to the new episode of the Brooklyn Vegan Show. I'm BV editor Andrew Sacker, and today's episode is an interview with Mike and Nate Kinsella, both of the band American Football, as well as many other projects together and separately, including but not limited to Owen, Owls, Joan of Arc, Cap and Jazz, Birthmark, Make Believe, and more. They've also got the self-titled debut album by their new project, Lies, arriving March 31st via Polyvinyl Records. Lies finds Mike and Nate exploring more of a synthy side, channeling influences like Depeche Mode, The Cure, Robin, Magical Clouds, and more. The record is clearly a stylistic departure for fans familiar with Mike's projects like American Football and Owen, but I think if you're a fan of his songwriting, you'll find so much to like about this record. It's classic Mike Kinsella, just in a new format, and it's, it's awesome. We talk a lot about the record in this conversation. We also talk about American Football, who have shows coming up with Steve Lamos back in the band. We talk about that time Nate fell asleep at an Owen show, that time Mike threw himself a roast for his own birthday party, and much more. And we've got an exclusive dark blue vinyl variant of the Lies album, limited to just 250 copies, available in the Brooklyn Vegan store, shop.brooklynvegan.com. So pick yours up while it lasts. Before we get to the conversation, a little bit about our sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid is a service for musicians that allows you to easily upload your music to all major streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Music, and more. DistroKid allows you to do automatic revenue splits so collaborators and co-writers can get paid too. It provides you with an artist page that links to your music on all streaming services. It allows you to add lyrics, credits, liner notes, and more. You can get 30% off of your first year's membership by signing up at distrokid.com slash VIP slash Brooklyn Vegan. We've also included the link in the description of this episode, and you can click directly from there. And now here's my conversation with Mike and Nate. All right. So welcome, uh, Mike. Hello. Hello. Nate, what's up? Hi. Uh, what are you guys uh, up to? I see Mike's got a guitar, so we're jumping right into the oh. entertainment. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought it was I got my wires crossed. I thought you guys wanted to be entertained. Um, I'm not. I'm doing nothing. I'm calling this work, and I just opened a beer. <laughs> awesome. I, I I used to do that. I had um, a friend when I was younger. It was a girl. Uh, uh, my friend Katie, and we we're always like, I always really liked her, and I wanted to be her boyfriend, but she, but we never really. It never happened, and and we would talk on the phone a lot, and I always had a guitar, and she would hear me playing guitar, and so it was obvious to her that I was like not really paying attention, <laughs> which may might actually explain why she why we never why it never happened. Um, anyway, so I'm just I'm just sitting here. I have a new awesome. job, so I'm pining over Katie. Yeah, that's my new job. <laughs> memoir i'm writing a memoir about hmm. uh, i don't know sorry this there was no punchline there you can edit all this right oh i know i'm leaving this this is good <laughs> gold so let's jump in so you uh you guys have the lies album coming out and we're going to talk a lot about that soon um but first i want to go back in time a little bit so you've both played together in multiple bands over the years together separately you're also cousins. Uh, so tell us, 
how did you both kind of separately start to gravitate towards punk or other forms of underground music? And how did it eventually click that like, wait, we're both into this kind of thing, you know, like me and my cousin, Nate, my cousin, Mike, like we both are kind of following these similar paths. Um, I, I think I got into everything, uh, just cause I had a punk brother, uh, or like a, I mean, punk, like, you know, music, like seventies British punk, but also punk just sort of like, uh, emotionally and whatever sort of, he was like always sort of antagonistic, I guess. Um, and yeah, at some point he was like, there was a cool record store that was walkable from the house when we were like in grade school. Um, so us and a couple other friends in the block sort of would, that's what we do on the weekends. Uh, hip cat records, I guess maybe we owe that. Like at the time it was like going and finding like import kiss albums and whatever and iron maiden records. But, uh, just like getting into music, I guess was, I imagine Tim's idea or, uh, and then, yeah, we knew Nate, I've told this in other interviews. Like I remember just, I remember them going to a like family party. We didn't really see each other often only, I don't know, like once every couple of years for the first however many years. Um, and at some point Nate brought his bass with to like the family party and was like playing like Jane's addiction songs. And we're like, what the fuck? Nate's cool. Like, that's awesome. And then fast forward to like, uh, yeah. I mean, then we realized he was like in cool bands, like math rock bands and he's a killer musician. And, uh, we just invited him sort of like to go on a kind of stupid long Joan of Arc tour to play drums. And I think, I don't know, we kidnapped you, I guess, Nate. (laughs) And then (laughs) we didn't. Yeah. Then you're like, I guess I live here now. Like (laughs) I live in a different city and I'm in this music scene now. So, Oh, uh, uh, well, that was, I was uh, overjoyed to have been kidnapped. Um, (laughs) uh, yeah, I similarly had, uh, uh, older sibling, my big sister, Katie was like, way into cool music like way cooler music i remember her yeah just kind of falling falling into what she was listening to and stealing her jane's addiction tapes and her l7 tapes and her let's see what else did she have this was like mid 90s so um anyway that's why i even know knew about any of those songs that that i played at that family gathering or whatever so yeah but yeah and then you know when they they needed uh, somebody to join up in Joan of Arc for 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 this long tour. Um, I was like, yeah, I'd love to. I already know, I know the songs anyway. Um, so yeah, that was it. Awesome. So Nate, tell me a little more about this math rock band that Mike's mentioning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still so close to all of those guys that were in that band. Um, I mentioned my new job my friend tim actually got me that job he lives down the street in the uh, neighborhood over um yeah uh it was a band called december's architects and and uh because it was winter constantly in minneapolis where we all lived um and we wrote songs that went from one part to the next and we never repeated a single part we just like we had I mean, if we would have stretched it out, we could have been super prolific, but we just tried to mash everything, every single idea into every every song had like a million parts. It took forever to write everything. 
I'm glad that, I, you know, it was important to get that <clears throat> out of my system. It was good practice. We were always, there's lots of um, musicianship, one-upmanship or something. We're all just like young, young guys trying to play fast and write music that we thought was so smart, but that when you really just listen to it, it's like, all right, well, it's nothing's really, it's okay. <laughs> it just sounds very busy. So yeah, it's, that was that band. I feel like you need that youthful naivete to write math rock, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. And you're like, oh, math isn't music. It's just math. <laughs> what about your math, math rock band, Mike? Me? Did you, yeah. Did you ever have one that was like purely cerebral or your, or I don't know. I feel like you kind of dodged that. Like you, you put into like a math rock. Um, I think, I mean, American football would have been if we just like turned our amps up. Uh, we were like, right when that would have happened, I think we were trying to react against how abrasive, like all, like we were counting, but we didn't. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little older than you and I was already kind of like, it just hurt my brain to hear to hear all that math loudly hurt my brain so yeah i was like also like you know i was into like i, I was getting into like codeine and like i just liked all like the kind of quieter you know seeing cake like kind of like i thought i was getting into that i guess yeah, i don't know i didn't avoid it i mean cap and jazz is kind of mathy and it's definitely loud but i was again young and but even my is like all oh, owls yeah i was stupid yeah no it's not because you can't tell like you can't no and at no point and i'm like oh they're probably counting this it does it sounds really natural i think that's the big difference sorry <laughs> i'm taking over this interview i'm just like math <laughs> oh, rock oh good but, i mean i mean that's rock, that's always a goal too i guess uh even like yeah i mean i like even the math rock that i liked i always want like somebody to play through yeah the turn you know like so you can at least bob your head for a little longer before totally. like, shifts or something. So, yeah. yeah, don't reset on every one. Keep going yeah. through it. I think that was the, I mean, that I think is where make believe like I, I wish I had, I took the cue from you as to not, to not do that. That, <laughs> that band like would have been way more like, I listen to it now. I'm like, why did I, why did I want to reset every like two measures or something? Like I should have just played through it. And that, like, I think that. it's a, it's a young thing where you want, you want people to know like, this is 17, asshole. And guess what? I'm catching every 17. Yeah. like I, yeah. I know exactly where I am. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, also, Make Believe is like the one band I wish I was in. Not now, but in my youth, I'm like, oh, that would have been a fucking fun band to be in. But anyway. I feel like if, if there's one thing people say about you, Mike, it's like you're not in enough bands. I'm not in enough bands. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't count. Most of them are, I mean, not most of them, but Owen doesn't count. That's just. That's the songs none of the bands want. <laughs> also, Nate, I got this. Listen to this little, like. Oh, it's going to be really nice. Oh, there was, that sounds like Harry Nielsen. Like, I want to be that's like, I'm going down a river. Cool. And, uh, yeah. I was thinking, like, really, like, like would, like, push it real Japanese style. Like, oh, it could be ding, that too. Ding, ding. Yeah. Anyways. Ah, like a muted marimba or something. Andrew's in our band practice. <laughs> I'm like, we're getting like this glimpse right into the Mike Nate Kinsella chemistry songwriting process. There it is. <laughs> um, hey, speaking of, I mean, so uh, Nate, I know you. I think you kind of helped out a lot on Mike's "I Do Perceive" album. Is that kind of the first time that the two of you sort of did like a full length project as a duo? 
Yeah, I think the first time that we were like, the, it was just the two of us working on something. Um, yeah, he was. I mean, you know, recorded all that out at his mom's place. So he kind of asked me to come out and help with some technical things, it's like help mix and help record some stuff or whatever. So, um, yeah, I I helped out there. I don't think that I added any. I don't know if I added a lot of like instruments or or or, or like a lot of production. I think I was just kind of there just to like help you know mix a few things that was like i think i did half of that one and then ryan deck right did the other yeah one? it was yeah maybe that's how it yeah but yeah you, you absolutely like cleaned everything up and like made all the i'm like i want this to sound like reverby and trippy and stuff you're like okay i know how to do that and i didn't know the buttons to push yeah yeah yeah, yeah that would have been like the first one so at what point would you say uh, that it kind of clicked that you both had this chemistry specifically between the two of you? I think on that Joan of Arc tour, like that first early one, yeah. there were, excuse me, parts in that set that were super open where we would just kind of be playing. And we had two drum sets on stage. And for one, one of the songs, we just got to like <laughs> do whatever, do whatever. And we would do these repeating drum fills and we would cycle through them. <laughs> And flip them around. Do you remember doing that? Like that shadow government song? Yeah. Like, we would flip it. And sometimes we would both try to flip the beat simultaneously. <laughs> and we would still end up together. I remember like, some really fun moments. We like there. took over the other person's parts kind of. But we yeah. wouldn't even like. It was. It, yeah. I think we got to the point where we were trying to like fuck with the other guy. <laughs> and then. I think that like really is kind of a bonding thing where it's sort of like, okay, like I have to learn. I have to understand what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were in each other's brains for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we were like sharing symbols and stuff. So it's like everybody had to. Yeah, that was cool. So, uh, so fast forwarding to the American Football Reunion, and then Nate, you joined the band. Um, Mike, how would you say that Nate's contributions helped reshape American football compared to what it was in the nineties? Well, I think it's uh, necessary. Would be the word. Like, uh, I'll take full credit though, because I only agreed to make the band again if my cousin Nate could be in the band like I, I think I appreciate it already like you know if I wanted to do this if I want to write music like I, I want that like I want to go towards whatever his brain's doing um that was like a joke obviously I don't get full credit for all Nate's genius uh <laughs> I just had the thought to have him uh, involved yeah he I mean it was sort of like it's it's funny when we're writing uh when we wrote the second album I think Maybe Nate was like, I mean, he's right there, but I'm I'm thinking Nate just sort of like was like, I don't want to make this not American football, but I have ideas. But, you know, so like we kind of he chimed in and we all of his ideas that he brought up, you know, they were. Yeah, they're all great. And then uh, maybe he got more confident on the third album. And it was it's it just like sort of giving new wind. Maybe, you know, I think we kind of wrote all the noodles, maybe that the three of us were going to write and then. Nate's like, what if we bend some notes? What if we add some more instrumentation? And all of it is, you know, made me way more excited. And yeah, I mean, yeah, necessary. I'll stick stick by it. I don't I don't think we'd still be a band if he didn't sort of join the band and make it more interesting or exciting for all of us. You know, I feel like um, and you tell me if I'm projecting here, but I feel like um, on that second record, there's a little bit of American football's back after so long and like we need to be American football. And the third mm -hmm. one just feels like fully jumping into the future and like being whoever the band is today. 
that it's exactly i mean it yes that's exactly correct but it's like it's not even some of it was like conscious and some of it is just like got back together to do reunion stuff and then realize holy fuck it's so fun like it's really uh as adults as parents and all these things that like we all connected again and it's all of us like sort of full-time part-time full-time like it's it was all just like if somebody couldn't do a show or some you know we don't have to or if if nobody wants to go to i don't know i always throw like a toledo ohio under the bus but you know like we don't have to like just get in a van and grind it out and it, it ended up being fun so then we're like okay let's make another album to prolong doing this and then we kind of didn't know how to write because we hadn't done that in 18 years or whatever um so it was just sort of like okay we, let's write how we used to write you know what i mean and then in that process we learned by the third album we're like this is still fun but we should like song wise or like creatively it'd be so cool to explore like you know, to keep it interesting for ourselves instead of just being like, let's write another American football record. It's like, now let's just write a record, you know, and we were so lucky we get to call it American football. So Nate, did you feel like any kind of pressure or anything coming into this band that had this like cult following with all these insane <clears throat> fan expectations, like that kind of thing? Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah, totally. I remember, um, well, I didn't even own a bass when, uh, Mike asked me to play and I, um, <laughs> remember emailing my friend Sam who actually saw American football like play there what did you guys play in New York once you played NYU or something oh yeah 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 Yeah. I was like hey can I (laughs) he's like can I borrow your bass really shows he's like American football doesn't have bass what are you talking about there's no bass I was there I saw them play on the album I'm like I know I know so I mean it's kind of funny that I had it in my head already like don't want to mess it up this is a really special thing. Like, what am I doing up there? Like, I'm not going to play anything new. I'm just going to play. I had it in my head. I'm like, I'm here to play the subwoofers. <laughs> I'm here to fill out the sound of the stage. Because um, I also kind of love that there's no bass on that first album. Like, that was a really unique choice. I don't even know if it was a choice. Maybe just like there wasn't a buddy around to pick up the bass. But I think it made it. It, it, it slimmed down well, everything that was happening. So. I loved it. So already I'm coming in like, okay, well, can't agree with this decision, but I can't turn it down. <laughs> so, um, but no, it was, it was, it was awesome. And then getting into writing the next one, and Mike's absolutely right. I was like, kind of like sitting back a little bit, kind of seeing what would happen and where it would go um, and not trying to do too much. And then when I did write stuff, I was definitely writing it like, what would America, I definitely wrote it from a, what would American football do like songwriting standpoint and like right, trying to write from all given all the the previous material but kind of like put it in my own um capsule and like try to spit it back out <laughs> like regurgitate through my filter what i think an american football song would look like or sound like um but yeah yeah a lot of pressure the time we got around to lp3 though i didn't feel like that so much i felt like Everyone was sort of on board with pushing things out, pushing the walls out a little bit um, on the space that we were in. Um, so, yeah. So that one was was it felt a lot more free. I was more felt like more I was more comfortable with throwing ideas out with that one. Yeah. So had you had you not seen American football play back in the nineties? No. No. You you uh-huh. did see Cap and Jazz though, right? 
My big, my cool sister did. My cool oh. sister did. Saw them I in should, the basement. I should point out that uh, everybody who we asked to play bass in American football before Nate, who had seen the band, said no. So <laughs> we just we just shook out that way. <laughs> so, uh, so the Lies album, from what I understand, um, it was born out of writing sessions for a new American football album, right? Um, yeah, that would have been pushing the boundaries out quite a bit. Like, that's definitely the next, like, okay, stepping into a new realm. Is this okay? <laughs> so I guess kind of two questions in one. But one, are you still working on a new American football album? And uh, I guess you sort of just got at this a bit, Nate. But what kind of made you say, like, okay, these aren't American football songs. Let's do a new project. Um. Looks like Mike's working on one. Mike's working on American football. <laughs> I think it's probably, football. You probably yeah. are you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're kicking around ideas. Like we kind of all over the pandemic. Okay, so actually, those two questions kind of lead into each other. Well, um, they have the answers to it. Um, so we tried to write an American football album during the pandemic with all of this synth parts and stuff, and. Doing it remotely just like was not a good fit. Um, you know, that first album was written with everybody kind of sitting in the room together and it's like, or sitting there. I don't know. I wasn't there, so I can't actually talk about what happened. But, you know, Holmes and Mike were roommates and we'd just play guitar all the time together. And then Lamos would come over and they practiced all the time. So, but we just can't do that. Um, that would be the preferred method of writing, I think. <clears throat> for American football, for a couple of the guys in the band. That's like that, what what they want to do. And then but this new way of doing it during the pandemic is like the complete opposite. So it's really not that that's, it's not a, a mystery that it like didn't work out. <laughs> so, um, so when that happened, then uh, shoot, uh, this, I was going to tie this all up and it's, it all made sense for a second. And then I lost it all. What was the second <laughs> Maybe the first yeah, uh, the the first part was are you still working on a new American football record? Oh, and the okay. second was um like what at what point were you like, wait, we should start a new project for these songs? Oh right. So when the writing wasn't happening, we we're like, Well, why are we trying to force this? And like if everyone's not gonna be in it in on it, then it doesn't make sense, you know. I feel like everyone's got such a unique unique voice in that band that it just needs to be its own thing. So um so yeah, uh so we we took everything. Well, we t not like we took it. Like this, this is stuff we were all writing, writing together. Gave credit where it was due, and then uh, you know, Mike and I. It's I, stuff, but. I think it was just uh, yeah. Once uh, this, both Steve sort of maybe aren't as fluid or into this like sharing files way of writing. Like, and it's it's part of maybe how I've made music for a while and how Nate makes music for a while. Um, so I think we were just like taken over sort of, you know what I mean? We're like, okay, cool. Here's a new thing. And okay. I just threw a bunch of stuff. Like maybe also we both can like throw stuff. I don't know. Any, whatever it, the direction started going in a way that they just weren't into like the songs were taking shape beyond maybe their input and they weren't, you know, understandably like into it. Um, and then, so they didn't really want to do those songs. And we're like, well, we already, me and Nate had invested a bunch of time and thought into them. Um, and yeah, we just, I mean, so then, yeah, like, so I, like, as Nate said, like those, 
specifically, both Steves have like such a voice. Like I can listen. I mean, I think people can listen to a record and be like, oh, that's absolutely Steve Holmes's guitar part. It's like he's got these hammer-ons, like these. He wrote that Never Met Riff. I didn't. Like that's his style. Uh, and then Lamos, obviously, drums is like truly unique and we couldn't mimic it. Like, uh, you know, like the demos, I would send demos of drum ideas and it's just me hitting buttons on my phone. And I think it drove him crazy because he's got such feel and he's got all these nuance. And, you know, I'm just like, and then you get used to living with the demo. And then when he would send a version, I'm like, uh, try to play more like that phone drum thing. And I don't think that's fun. So for him, at least. Uh, yeah. And then so there, once they took their like, uh, once we, they didn't really want to do it, we were like, okay, well, we're not going to have, you know, this song sounds like Depeche Mode. Those guys didn't want to play a Depeche Mode song. Let's make it sound like Depeche Mode. Like it was just sort of like kind of freeing and uh, we just sort of pushed it further away from American football, I think. I mean, it was, yeah, I don't know when it wasn't like, it was just sort of like the next time the demos got passed around, if, it, if it's not like we used to have like placeholders like, oh, there'll be like a guitar noodle from Holmes here. But then once you skip, you know, like once you bowed out, then it was like, what if it's like a glockenspiel or what if it's like strings or what if it's like some other instrument? So, yeah, took different shape. Mm-hmm. It was like everyone's totally cool with how everything shook out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, yeah. Like, we're playing shows again and we're all buddies. So like we all kind of get what happened and, and it, it was just like a, a bump in the road. But um, but yeah, so I just want to throw that out there too in case anyone's wondering if there was some massive blow up where people are like strangling each other. Yeah, it's sort of, it's like a, just being in a band is like so, it's literally like a relationship with, I don't know, X, however many people you have to deal with. Um, and so it was, you know, it was sort of like, oh, I don't want to eat this for dinner or do this for dinner. For the next year and a half and me and they were like oh we do we want to eat pizza for a year and a half let's you know let's we'll, we'll dive in and we'll just call this something else and we'll yeah we'll figure it out later we'll mm-hmm. get a we'll get a new dinner later kind of like the ultimate reason to do like a side project right i mean yeah 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 um, bitch. well on that note if i can ask us so what exactly happened with uh steve lamos i mean he i guess left the band but then now is back in the band yeah. Oh, I think I probably feel, I mean, I don't, I don't want to speak for him. I think, I think it, if he were here, he, he would have a, a very, a, he would share what he felt comfortable sharing, but I don't actually know like <laughs> how far to go with that. So he's great and he's awesome, but I don't, I don't know if I, I probably shouldn't just like jump in and start talking about what, I mean, I, I guess generally it's, I, I, I will. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I mean, it was like Lich, I, I would say at the time that he sort of wanted, you know, to, to not do it was there was nothing happening anyway. It was COVID. Like the, the whole world was crazy. We didn't know if there was an end to COVID. We didn't know how dangerous it is or was, or, I mean, it's like so many unknowns, like everybody was sort of I'm guessing, I think it's just this one, like, I think like real life was like, holy shit, real life's crazy as it was for everybody. His job, I know at the time was like, his job, he's been go. he went to school for, I don't know, a hundred years, finished school, uh, got a job, you know, teaching and writing. And he's just like a mad genius. 
And then all of a sudden, like, nah, you're going to teach these college kids online full time and like learn a whole different way of doing the one thing you've tried to do for, you know, your whole adult life. Um, and I, I just imagine, as with everybody, it, it got to be like more than, of a stress than fun or worthwhile. I mean, it wasn't making money. It's not, you know, like, what am I doing? What's the point, I guess? I don't know. That's, I don't think I'm saying too much. I think it's like everybody kind of, I mean, I absolutely, once I realized like, holy fuck, I'm totally expendable and like my job isn't a real job and can go away. Like, uh, I'm like, holy fuck, I want to be a fireman or decent. I'm too old to be a fireman. I looked into it. 39 to be a Chicago fireman. I'm way too old. Um, yeah, like, do I? It's just stupid. Like, what am I writing songs for at this point when the whole world's kind of collapsing? So, I don't know. That's how I envision how why somebody would quit that band. Then I don't know. Yeah, there's a. I think everybody went through a sort of like check in reprioritization. Like, with it was a real reset button for a lot of people. I feel like most yeah. me too. I mean, I do feel like it's becoming the thing that every band says in every interview, but, you know, every band is like, we wondered if we'd never tour again, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, well, I'm sure I speak for like thousands of people when I say we're happy to have Steve back. Looking forward to the upcoming shows. Um, so, um, Mike, you mentioned Depeche Mode earlier. Um, I know you've, you know, mentioned them in like press materials and other interviews and stuff too. What were some other like influences you felt like you could really explore with Lies? It, it's, I don't even like, I mean, uh, the way that this sort of initial demos, I, we, you know, there was more like, that's the Robin one and that's the Depeche Mode. And there was a Peter Gabriel one at some point. There was a, it was just whatever, like, yeah, it was sort of, they just got labeled kind of immediately whatever I was here. There's a My Bloody Valentine one. Uh, there might have been a couple My Bloody Valentine ones. Uh, yeah, and then we just sort of like generally pushed him in a direction. And then uh, some of them, I think maybe we weren't cracking. So then we just like, oh, we like pushed it a different direction. And then, oh, that makes sense now. Or, you know, what if I sing this softer? Now it's just a quieter song or it's like a little, yeah. So, um. I mean, that's how, I mean, all, even American football songs, I absolutely know what, what I'm trying to sound like, like what I'm trying to rip off, but it's just sort of filtered through two guitars, drums, bass, and my voice. So it just kind of sounds like American football version of, in my head, it still sounds like Depeche Mode, but it doesn't. And so now on this, we're like, you know, open up the synthesizers, let it, let it be what it is. Uh, Nate, do you have any to add or, or? I forgot the question. I was listening to the answer. <laughs> just, just wondering about like specific influences uh, to shout out. Oh, oh, there was one called Magical Clouds, which I actually hadn't heard that band before. Um, and you named it the Magical Clouds. I was like, oh, I like that name. That's a cool name. Why is it? Why is it spelled like that? And then I and then I was like, oh, that's a band. I think you told me it was a band. I looked them up. Great, great band. I don't know what they're doing now, but um, that was one. Uh. Yeah, I think that's it. That's the only one that's coming to mind. They were all, they, you know, all the working titles were definitely. This sounds like it could be this band. So, sure. oh, should, I mean, all of oh. them, like The Cure was a. Oh, a, right. A couple of them definitely. And, you know, some we were like, we just let it be a Cure song. <laughs> some we like, you know, got pushed over the edge somewhere else. But yeah, a lot of Cure, I guess, kind of like darkish, some of it. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. 
it does almost feel like a long time coming for you to be doing a project like this, Mike. I mean, um, you know, you like name drop New Order and Cocteau Twins and song lyrics and stuff. And it's like, obviously always been this influence. And now you're like, all right, I'm going to drop the noodly guitars and just full on go synths and like do the thing you've obviously loved for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, that, and I'm, it's not like hyperbole, like I'm writing a new own al- album and there's a song called New Order. And to me, I'm like, that's a fucking new New Order guitar part, but it's in five and it does not sound like New Order by the time I'm done. But uh, it's that's just, uh, I've been writing that way forever. Like I've been, all the own albums have like girl washy vocals and stuff because I'm trying to make it shoegaze folk or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's fun to like finally realize it though. Like, mm-hmm. What were some of the, I guess, lyrical directions you were taking on this record? I mean, it seems like maybe less overtly like diary-like like compared to maybe Owen or American Football. Uh, in the same exact, it's it's all the same sort of like mindset of like, what would, what does this Depeche Mode song, you know, need? It doesn't need me complaining about like, the specific part of my kitchen that reminds me of a, you know what I mean? It needs like kind of like a dirty kind of like snarl or something. So I was like, I guess invoking or it's, you know, whatever I have written, I can just go, I could sift through and be like, okay, this is more this direction. This is more, maybe American football seems the most earnest of the things that I write. And then Owen is like the most kind of crass or like tongue in cheek. Like it's the most, it's like the sassiest maybe, eh, maybe, I guess this lie something stuff is more in the middle of like, or it's just more vaguely. <laughs> I know exactly what I was trying to do, but I don't know. If, yeah, I guess that's it. It's just kind of vague. Like it's, it's, it's just like, it doesn't need to be like with Owen stuff. I'm like, Oh, this doesn't, this isn't going to read as truthful because whatever, like, you know, like someone's, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it it just needs to be like true for the own stuff because I have to sit there and play it stripped down and you know, um, I I've said like I fuck up so many times playing Owen sets. I mean, I just the the whole it's all you know like fun and I I mean fun for me. Sometimes I get a little inebriated and I just kind of like make bad jokes and whatever and like the whole night could be a disaster. Uh, show wise, but I don't care. Except the one thing that gets me is if I fuck up lyrics. Like if I, if sometimes it's like something that sounds like the lyric that's supposed to land, it's supposed to have impact, and then something phonetically similar just comes out of my mouth and it sounds like gibberish. And I'm like, oh, it's so embarrassing. Like I, I don't care if I like fall down on my face and have to play the song like laying down. If I like sing all the words and I mean them, then I'm like, okay, that was a good show. But like it's if I, if then I'm like, it just takes, takes you out of it so quick you know if i'm like if i just you know if, if hand soap comes out instead of hand job i don't care if like the lyric is even stupid if it doesn't feel if i'm not in the moment and it comes out like authentic then i'm like so embarrassed like but then the rest of the show i'm just like yeah a disaster and i don't even care so anyways I mean, yeah i forget what the question was but yeah I mean, I feel like that's just like the beauty of an Owen show. Like an American football show is so tight and like intense and, you know, um, and then and you're just like in a daze when you're watching and then an Owen, you're like laughing and like you're cracking jokes. We're all laughing. Like it doesn't matter if you like restart a song. 
Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's what I don't like. I don't. I'm absolutely capable of laughing at myself. Um, yeah. And also, like, I think I'm confident. Like, I'm like, you try playing these guitar parts after a few drinks. You know what I mean? Like, eh, this shit's hard or whatever. You know, like in real time. So I don't. If I fuck up, I'm like, okay, I'll go back and whatever. But there's something about the inauthenticity of like fucking up my own autobiographical lyrics. <laughs> I like. <laughs> can't get over it the whole show i'm just like fuck yeah oh man that's so funny i don't know i mean that's just yeah you know you got your own shit nate what do you get out of here uh let's see (laughs) oh oh yeah i got plenty of it i was just gonna go down the list um (laughs) (laughs) let's see what cripples me yeah (laughs) yeah nate what what makes a birthmark show a bad show um uh let's see there's always a lot of technical stuff going on um, so I get hung up on little technical things, but it's hard for me to really get into a show and to really sort of like disappear and try to be in the moment. But there was this birthmark show where I was like, of course, I'm like playing drums and I'm playing keyboard. And I'm doing all this stuff and I'm trying to sing and then everything's in a different time signature. And it was like, blah, 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 and so my brain is melting. <clears throat> trying to do this and like right in front of me like the microphone's here so i can't look away my hands are occupied i can't turn it or whatever the person who i'm looking at is like this young woman in the front row who's just like on her phone like (laughs) the whole time so bored so bored did not even look up once and it was such a bummer i'm like oh man that yeah i mean american football is very often like uh you know 20 something year old male just like usually staring at you because you're doing something with your feet or lamos or something and then like a totally bored girlfriend just like leaning up against the cage just like just like like do not yeah couldn't care less but uh (laughs) also i was just (laughs) you fell asleep at an owen show nate so what do you yeah was i totally in london i had i just like i i had a show i just like the the end of a tour or something and it's like oh i'll play no show too and you guys like yeah we'll come out you were just like laying on a bench asleep during the show which is great yeah oh my god that's yeah like out in the open so that people like that's so funny that people would know yeah maybe i I don't care like i know yeah oh I wish I could say I did that on purpose. <laughs> no, that's kind of rude. I should have at least gone backstage. Was I? I do I not know. care. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, yeah. As long as you don't fuck up my lyrics. <laughs> um, so, uh, so Mike, yeah, I mean, you mentioned like these lyrics being maybe a bit more vague. Um, I mean, one thing I've kind of always wondered, like. So, you know, last year, um, No Good For No One Now turned 20. And, you know, I kind of, I wrote this little thing on it. I went back to the record and I was like, does Mike like feel like shit? I can't believe I said all that stuff about my life 20 years ago. Like, I, I love that record. But do you have any of that with, with these, like, you know, really, really open, vulnerable songs? I think I don't think about that. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't really. uh I guess I, I wake up just sort of stressed about like, holy fuck, I got to write more songs and like I'll get crabby about that and I'll think about that and it consumes me, which is good because then I don't focus too much on, uh, you know, whatever embarrassing shit I've done in the past. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any 
there's not really no i don't think uh like when i'm playing the ones when i'm playing them live or something there's not like some of them are just kind of corny like i feel like bad about that but uh they're also authentic from when they were written and yeah i don't think i haven't made really any enemies um my ex-wife used to get upset about she wouldn't listen to my songs or whatever fair enough so uh but uh yeah i don't you know they'd be like what am i should i be embarrassed about existing 20 years ago no so yeah can't worry about too much i think i'll tell myself that yeah no i mean i think that's like a healthy attitude to have like i'll see just like a facebook post i made eight years ago and be like what was i thinking Oh, I, I mean, I'm not saying like I like it all or like stand by it as fucking genius or anything. Uh, I I threw myself a roast for my 40th birthday party. Uh, like invited all my friends, paid for them to get drunk. And then a few friends got up and like literally like just wrote comedic, you know, like making fun of me. And uh, Nate couldn't be there, but he sent an audio roast. Of, he just edited together every time on an Owen song. I was like. I know. I say I know a lot. Like, I know, I know. I guess I do it for, I don't know. It was like four minutes edited together of just me like, I know. I don't know. It's a uh, great roast. Unbelievable. I and the I didn't thing I've ever done to anybody. I wasn't aware of it. Like, I didn't know. But stand by it because at the time or since my inception, I guess, it's like every time I'm like, oh, this just sounds like Jay Maskis. I don't care. Like, whatever. Like, it's just like a, it's the easiest way to say something sounding like Jay Maskis. Uh, wow, he anyways. does hear him doing that for sure. Oh, it's totally yeah, every time. No, that's no. what, it, like, yeah, it's like, I know this, uh, yeah, like, so I'm cool with that. It's, again, I just, it's all references. It's all, yeah. But I don't know if I intentionally did that that many times. Anyways, I'm not saying this shit's good. I'm just saying I try not to worry about it. Or I absolutely don't regret it. Like, that's like, those are two different things, but. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Um, so uh, with lies, you know, sounding so different than, I guess, what people one might call the Kinsella sound, right? Um, is there any desire to maybe, like, get away from that, get away from, like, what people pigeonhole your music into? Um, I don't, it's, uh, it's not, it's less of a desire for, like, the perception of my music and more I'm like, I was talking about writing that last American football, like ever, even just working with Nate. It's so fun to like, it's fun to have, I mean, just cause I do own shit on my own. It's usually just my brain. It's fun to have somebody push it somewhere else and have a different idea. Like that's fucking cool. Like that's, you know, I, it's absolutely something I didn't think of. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think there's a, maybe even 10 years ago, definitely in my twenties. And you know, when you're kind of like right in, you're kind of like touring more before kids and family and everything. Maybe you have this idea of getting to some other level and reaching a point or something. And now I've given up on it. And it's just sort of like, I think the people who like what I do, like what I do. And they trust maybe that it's going to be through my voice and stuff. Uh, and the people that don't have decided they don't like it. And that's, you know, it is what it is. It's not, yeah, I don't, it, I don't take it personally. It's, it, you know, there's a bunch of shit. I'm like good friends with a bunch of people whose music I don't like. So it's, I don't, yeah, you get over taking it personally. Nate, how do you feel about the way people perceive you and your last name? <laughs> well, um, yeah, I don't, 
actually, I I never really think about it because it, I I feel like out like from um since moving to New York, it's it's um it's kind of I don't even think about it very much because it it feels like a real Chicago thing, like like you know when I moved to Chicago and I joined up with Joan of Arc and I moved into the loft with everybody and we we're all living in the same place and playing every day and starting bands and touring all the time. It really felt like um like a strong part of like my life and how and my personality and 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 like the core like my group like how that, that was like the scene or whatever but since leaving i haven't felt like that so much so i yeah i never really think about it it's it's um but uh and i i not that i am at odds with with the perception of the family or whatever but it's kind of nice to be able to like um totally uh just to like kind of disappear into into new york <laughs> i mean everybody i feel like that's why people move here it's like there's a liber there's a liberating uh it's liberating to sort of like just be totally like anonymous like whoever like did you did you grow up in, in new york andrew uh yeah i did oh you did yeah oh one of like wow i never i never meet like for real new yorkers so that's funny because, um, well, you you will have a different experience if you move somewhere else that's foreign to me. Uh, you know, I'm like, I'm raising kids here. <laughs> so they're going to grow up as like living in New York and they're going to kind of. <clears throat> Did but, you guys just see this? It's gone viral, like this TikTok video of Sophia Coppola's daughter. I saw people tweeting about it, but haven't watched the video. It's so like, it's. Wait, it's uh oh, dogs barking. Um, it's totally what you're talking about. Um, I don't know. You think like this guy did The Godfather, then he had kids, and she went on and did cool things or whatever. But this girl is like really bummed that she got grounded for not taking a, like a private helicopter to a party or something. And she's like, "That's cool. They grounded me." It's just like she also is trying to make a meal. She's like, "I'm just gonna make this meal instead." I don't know the difference between garlic and onions, so I have to Google it. And she's like totally proud of how, I don't know, ignorant or whatever. And, you know, your kids are going to like grow up like city smart, you know, raised in New York. It's just a reaction. It's everything. Yeah. Their experience is totally different. And even though you think like, well, I'm raising them with my Midwest values and stuff, you know, that city is also raising them and where you're from isn't such an influence. Anyways, I don't know. I feel like nothing but lucky that we're not... Sophia Coppola's kids. You should watch it. <laughs> or or have something that you really can't escape. Like I, you know, I feel like kind of bad for people who are actually famous. <laughs> that's got to be really good. That's got to be really hard like to not be. It's just, I mean, I don't know. It's happened a few times where I'll meet somebody randomly. Turns out I'm like, I reckon I know. Who's this? Who is this person? And it was like an actor in some show. And like, I'm like, oh, right. Oh, they're famous. That's they probably get that second glance with every single person they've ever met or whatever. So anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. I I always feel really embarrassed when I realize I'm doing that to someone because like I don't know. I'll be like on the subway and I'm like, who is that person? And then I'm like, oh wait, I'm like staring at the drummer of a band I saw like a month ago. At like <laughs> you know, like they, they're too famous for me to be looking at them because they're like, this guy wants an autograph. And <laughs> um, and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I just thought maybe I knew you and, you know, not trying to like fanboy, but yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Uh, so Lies started out as a studio project, um, but you've got shows coming up. What are your plans for translating this music live? Uh, we've, we played a few shows. Sorry, really, he was like jumping to this one confidently. It's going to be fucking awesome. Um, uh, uh, we, you know, I'm playing drums, standing up to keep it fun. Sheila E style. Uh, I'm going to have five splash cymbals that I can kick with my heels and Tim Polly's just kidding. I, it's where, you know, we have people. I, like, I don't know if you see my face. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> That's what I've been working on this whole time. Um, uh, well, lots of, uh, you know, we have keyboards and I'm, you know, it's just going to be a duo. We'd love to like, uh, have a dozen people on stage we totally could like we could everyone we could have a dozen people and everyone would be busy the whole time but uh we're just gonna you know bring the old laptop and uh play as much stuff live that we can and then there will be some stuff that is uh that we have uh, help uh playing through the magic of technology <laughs> Very uh, cool. Yeah, like most bands, um, um, you know, it's not that crazy these days. So, yeah, no, I mean, I was just you know at South by Southwest last week, um, saw something like eighty bands in five days, and you know, samples through the PA is like the very very normal way to perform. I feel like, yeah, no amps. I just went and saw like a total fucking rock band play a pretty large venue, no amps. Like it sounds oh. so crazy side stage, <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Um, speaking of famous people. So, um, American football has a show with the 1975 coming up, right? Um, Mike, I mean, I, th I think were you, did you do like a podcast with Maddie Healy or something? Is that, am I remembering I that? Yeah, yeah, I did. I had never listened to it, but I did. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he, I guess is this, sort of pop star who really loves your band like is that like a surreal thing at all uh it's i think it's awesome i think i think i think it's awesome because i actually like his band like if it was uh so i gotta really think of a band i don't mind insulting uh <laughs> you don't have to <laughs> no i have to i gotta go through with it now uh <laughs> Who's who's never gonna ask us to open a show? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's it's like a it's 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 super cool because I I like what he's doing and I respect what he's doing. Actually, like I think it's uh talk about like really taking influence from shit but making it your own. Like it's like really kind of almost magical. Like you can't even dismiss like now like he's turned these things that used like they would be a reference. But now I'm like, oh, it sounds like the 1975. This band sounds like the 1975. He made it like his own thing. So, yeah, it's super cool. Uh, yeah, I think if it didn't go both ways, it'd be like weird. And I'd be like, I don't know. Like, I I, I don't think I care. I guess that's the part that I sort of like am excited about is that uh, it's a band I like. So, yeah, no, I mean, that for sure is what makes it cool. Like, I mean, in general, like, you know, I like. American football, obviously, and like similar music to that band and seeing the 1975 be these stars who were like, Hey, we like really love 
mid nineties emo and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Hey, that's cool. Cause you're not really getting that from bands on your level. And like, it's, yeah, it's I mean, it, it's, that... it totally makes sense. Like, I mean, I don't know if it totally makes sense for all these pop bands, but like he's of an age and he's, yeah, I mean, that's cool. It's amazing that he was even knew what was going on. And it just gives me more faith that like when he's writing, he's like, he's, he's like, Culling is that the word from all these different sources? Like it's not just like, oh, I like this one pop band in the eighties, but people don't know who that is, so I'm gonna sound like that. It's like no, he's he's definitely like taking parts from everything, and yeah, and that's and that's why, like to your point, you're like, oh, this sounds like the 1975 because it's it's not just yeah. like regurgitating one specific thing. Exactly. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, often there's like, oh, this is like pop whatever you know 80s production with a little like definitely radiohead sort of like something happening like it's cool yeah it's yeah yeah i like just before we got on this call actually i was just sort of like you know doing that music nerd thing where i'm just thinking about this kind of stuff and uh i was like yeah like you know a lot of bands lately have been getting compared to block party it's like Mm. wild because like when they first came out everybody was like they just sound like gang of four yeah, right. Like, well, clearly That's, not, you know, because now everybody's getting compared to them. So it's like they had a thing. Yes. Then there's, but there's also a thing where if you just live long enough, <laughs> like, right, right. Nobody, yeah, nobody, yeah. But at the time, anybody old enough to remember Gang of Four would know that that's what that was. Yes. But that's, you know, that's, it's just everything's kind of cyclical. Like, you, nobody, you know, actually invented anything. You know what I mean? Like, everything sounds, everything to our, in our it's sort of like everything sounds like the beatles because that's sort of where but they were absolutely trying to do stuff i mean actually they kind of may have invented a bunch of shit like studio wise and stuff but uh you know they're like oldest rock stuff they were just trying to be like american rock music you know whatever like they they have influences um which is also sort of like i'm a sports fan i'm always like people are like oh nobody's done this since 1990 whatever like this one very specific stat of rebounds plus whatever all in one game and it's just like well somebody's done it and like you know what i mean like just because you have this track that only goes back this far that you're counting the rebounds and playoff games but it used to be five games instead of seven and whatever it is is like yeah anyway same with music yeah no it's true i mean like we all have our reference points like mm. you know i mean when a certain wave of bands kind of arose in the late 2000s i was like hey a lot of these bands sound like cap and jazz but, you know, like I was too young when Cap'n Jazz came out to have that kind of opinion. But I'm sure there were people being like, hey, Cap'n Jazz sounds like X, Y, Z. When we would, <laughs> I remember going like the first few times to Japan, a lot of the opening bands sounded like guitar wise, definitely like Cap'n Jazz, but times a thousand. It's like, oh, if like, you know, like, like uh, what were, Nate was saying, like you were like, you were like, you and your friends were trying to like outdo each other as like young sort of like. You're just getting into like, oh, this is in not four four. Like this is a new thing, and it took all your effort just to practice, just to hear what a thing would sound like in seven. But then people that grow up hearing that enough understand what it feels like. It's like internal to them. So not only can they play in seven, they could do a lot more in that little. They're not just counting seven. They're like, they're playing twice as many notes in seven, and then they're playing three times as many notes in seven. Then they're playing shit in twenty one, and whatever. So. Yeah, I just remember being like, oh, my God, like all these bands sounds like my bands, but like way better. <laughs> like this is kind of embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> so anything else you guys want to add? 
you're gonna tell people we have shows coming up that'd be cool <laughs> oh yeah yeah no, okay, for cool. sure yeah um and we'll mention how nate is gonna be playing splash symbols with his feet and five splash <laughs> i fell for it i'm yeah it's like i thought you were completely serious you know i'm just like okay cool cool so i'm like this is gonna be interesting and then you know the funny part is I actually do have I do have one splash symbol. It's the only it, it'll be the only time I've ever toured with a splash symbol. I am there will be one. I can promise that. Um You just gotta play with your foot. Yeah. It's a tricky part. I'm not as flexible as I used to be. So I got that to work on. But I love Brooklyn Vegan. They're they're great. Thank it's you. Like the one that I don't feel bad about at, after I read. <laughs> There are some other ones where I'll read. It doesn't even have to be an article. It's anything to do with me or anyone that I know. I'm like, well, anyway, I'm a fan. Well, I appreciate no, it. Name, name those, Nate. I'll think <laughs> of a band that will never will get canceled by, and then you think of a, uh, yeah, paper, an online. Okay, never mind. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I feel about the Deftones in the in the in the in the mix. Hey, we're... Deftones would totally have American football open. I think. <laughs> I didn't say, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, guys. Thank it's you. been a blast. Thank yep. you. Bye, Thank Nate. you. Bye, guys. Bye. See you around. Hey, thanks so much to Mike and Nate. Thanks for listening. You can pick up the Lies album on limited dark blue vinyl in the Brooklyn Vegan store, shop.brooklynvegan.com. It's limited to just 250 copies, so pick yours up while it lasts. And hey, if you like what you heard, please give us a good rating. It doesn't take a long time, but it goes a long way. Subscribe, tell your friends about us. Any little bit of help is super appreciated. Thanks so much, and see you next time.